my friends, and welcome to the Experience Our Industry podcast. As you know, I'm Dr. Brian Greenwood, and I'm very excited today to be here with Alyssa Beaton. Alyssa, 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 sorry, Alyssa. <laughs> Alyssa is the Public and Community Relations Supervisor for the Santa Cruz Warriors and is a 2016 graduate of our program. Hi, Alyssa. Hello, how are you? Oh, it's so great to see you again. You know, it's funny because um, Elisa, Elisa Cox is a uh, uh, weaver is one of my uh, former guests, and I don't know why I reverted to Elisa there for a second. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, uh, sorry about that. Uh, Alyssa and I are um, uh, we're very close. During her time at Cal Poly, she was one of my um, undergraduate research assistants. Um, so uh, I, uh, it's always great uh, to talk. To her and to, to catch up. And so I'm excited for our listeners, uh, Alyssa, to get to hear about your story. And, um, and uh, yeah, so we'll eventually get to the Warriors and what you're doing now and, and dealing with, um, with the pandemic and all that sort of stuff. But let, let's go back a little bit uh, to, to, to where you grew up. Tell us, tell us about where you grew up. Yeah, so I grew up in Santa Cruz, um, the Capitola SoCal area specifically. So um, it's great to be able to live here and work here. Um, so much of the Santa Cruz community, it's really a commuter town because um, it's only about 40 minutes to Silicon Valley. So it's great to be able to, you know, work 10 minutes from home and to be able to work where I grew up. I love it. Yeah, such a great, uh, such a great thing. You know, I, I, I think I've, I've said to you before. You know, being a, Nor a North Carolinian, you know, you, uh, uh, the, the old Thomas Wolfe, uh, you can't uh, to go, go home again. And so I, I love, I love that, I love that aspect that, that you're getting to, to live and work in your community, and, um, and that's just fabulous. Um, so what were you, what were you like growing up? You know, Santa Cruz is this uh, eclectic surf town, mm -hmm. right? Um, but then so much more than just a surf town, but, um, were you into sports growing up? What were, what were you like growing up? I was, I had two older brothers. So I think that played a pretty big factor. Um, but I actually played tennis. So, um, I did my four years in high school and, and taught lessons as my first job. So, um, yeah, I was, I guess a little bit of a tomboy going after my brother's footsteps. Yeah, right on, right on. So surfing, was there any, did you, did you get into the, the identity of the, of the place where you a surfer? Or did you just like the beach? I did not. I was big beach gal. I mean, I would make my high school schedule. So I was out at noon to go, <laughs> to go to the beach before work, but um, no surfing for me. A little gotcha. too cold, I think here. Ah, I got you. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the same way. No surf, no surfing for me either. But um, so what what did your parents uh, what did your parents do when you were growing up? My mom um, has worked in the school district in Santa Cruz City School District. Um, she actually recently retired this last December, oh, um, so that's awesome for her. And my dad works for um, the water district, so. Okay. He loves his job. I've never met anyone who loves their job so much. It's a really good thing to see. Loves going to work every day. So that's awesome. Uh huh. Yeah. So you've got so you've got educate. You've got an education in your blood, and um, you got a little bit of an. In, I guess there's some probably engineering there in, in working for the water district, right? Yep. Um, so so what was the what was the connection to Cal Poly? The, obviously, Santa Cruz is is close, and and you know we have uh, Swanton Pacific Ranch 
that mm-hmm. is an, an outlet of um of Cal Poly there in the area. But um, what what drew you to Cal Poly? One of my um, older brothers actually went to Cal Poly. Um, he graduated, I believe, in two thousand nine um, in psychology. So I spent quite a bit of time in Slow um, in my younger years visiting him, and um, I just fell in love with the town, like most people do. Right. And I just knew that that was where I wanted to end up. Right on. Well, well, you know, I'm a psychology graduate from UNC Chapel yeah. Hill, so I, I like it. Uh, I like it that your that your brother was a psychology. Where, where is where is he now? Is he here? Did he go home like, again? Also, <laughs> he actually um, ended up getting his master's and then PhD, and he oh. is a psychologist for the United States Navy. Oh, right on. Right yeah, on. So Where's he stationed? Yeah. Where's he? He's stationed down in Twenty Nine Palms. Um, in Southern California, he was in Spain for three years. So he just moved back this past summer. Oh, wow. Okay, great. That's awesome. Did you get a chance to, did you get to go see him in Spain? Yeah, we were able to go out there twice. Um, it was was really amazing. I mean, everything they do, the bases and, and the recon, it's really a cool experience. I bet. I bet. That is, that is awesome. So, so let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, we, we could spend the entire podcast on talking about all that you did while you were, um, while you were here at Cal Poly, I know you were super involved and, you know, when you look, when you look through, um, when you look through your experience, it's, it's obvious that you, you got the most out of your college, out of, out of, um, out of being here and, and growing that experience. Um, but, but what, what, what stands out? Are, are there any, are there any moments in terms of whether it be professional development or whether it be um, enduring memories of Cal Poly? Are there any things that stand out for you? I think um, what stands out for me is uh, my major experience. I think Parks and Rec um, EIM was so special because it was so small and you were really able to know everyone on a very personal level, which was great. And I don't think like my roommates who didn't have that experience, I feel like I just got so much more out of it and out of college altogether. Um, And I think something that also sets the EIM major apart is um, really setting up students to get the, the experience. Um, you know, out of the classroom and encourage, you know, with the thousand hours of, of service. Um, so I think really the major as a whole is so special and you're able to develop such great relationships, not only with students, but with professors as well. Yeah. Um, so I really, I loved, I loved our major yeah. and I talk about it all the time with my coworkers, how fun it was. Oh, good. Well, that's great. And you, you know, that we, you know, we pride ourselves on that. Um, and, and I know that we, that we do get some, um, prospective students that, that, that end up, um, checking out these podcasts. And, you know, I can say definitively from my experience, you know, I, I'm obviously very proud of my alma mater. I mean, I, I have heels on my license plate and, but, but really, um, most of that stems from, you know, growing up a Tar Heels fan, growing up a Michael Jordan fan and, and getting to experience the, the athletic side, um, uh, while I was there and also the social side. But when I think about in terms of a major, I mean, I could not have been any more disconnected from the <laughs> academic side. And, and so I've, I've tried my best to, to, and I know all of our faculty and staff try our best to really connect with students and to really give that different experience. You know, I, I didn't have any, 
I didn't have any professional relationships with any of my professors. And I suppose partly that was partly on me for not reaching out. But um, but I feel like the way we have things set up, it just it just promotes that engagement um, more and more. And I know, like you said, you um you took advantage of that. You were you were a junior giants ambassador, you worked for the slow blues. Um uh, you you were a staff writer for our for our newsletter. You did all kinds of different things, and so um, I wonder if you can reflect on on that aspect of, of professional development um, while you were here, and and more importantly, maybe what kind of impact that had for you in moving out into a, a career. Yeah, for sure. I, it's funny. I was actually talking about this with my mom the other day because um, she just mentioned, you know, she she said, I, I think you got such great professional skills um, from college. And I mean, I had to agree, um, you know, starting with the Junior Giants, that was my first real job in sports. Um, and so I think just having all those different opportunities going from Junior Giants to Slow Blues um, and even the staff writer for the newsletter um, it just kind of sets you up with understanding what you do like and what you don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, in, I mean, the sports world, you think it's so small, right? You see the players and the coaches, but there's so much that goes into it that you would never know. I mean, Golden State, we have about 200 employees um, mm-hmm. outside of the basketball team. So I think getting that professional experience just gives you some insight into the background and lets you kind of explore um you know, the different departments and the different offer opportunities. Right. And you kind of, you kind of check off. I, I like what you said. You, you check off what you want to do, what, um, what you're interested in and what you're not interested right. in, you know, and I, I didn't even mention that you, you also worked at the, I forgot all about that. You worked at the university store while you right. were, uh, while you were at Cal Poly also worked with, uh, ITS for a little while and, and, and whatnot. And so I I did a little bit of everything you did, you sampled <laughs> a little bit of everything. And I love that. And, and, um, you know, so, so so let's talk about um, um, moving out of, of Cal Poly and, and um, you know, everybody wants to hear about the internship, right? Or, or a lot of our, obviously our current students want to hear about the internship, how you found it, what you did. So can you, can you um, reflect a little bit about your official internship? Yeah, I found uh, my internship. I knew I wanted to do something in sports. Um, and so I was on teamwork online a lot. Um, which is a great resource for for any jobs in sports. Um, and I eventually got my role with the Oakland A's Stadium Operations and Events Intern. Um, so that was that was a really good step for me in understanding um, kind of full time working in sports. It's it's hard. I mean, at the end of the day, the season it's a full sprint. There's really no, um, you know, your weekends aren't your weekends. And you're not working 40 hours a week, you're maybe working 60. So that was really my first glimpse into it. Um, And I think that that can kind of make or break it for some people, you know, is it worth it? Um, You know, is this lifestyle worth it? And I mean, I think it is, it's, it's exciting, and it's new every day. Um, So I think internship is really good and, and helping people figure that out. Yeah, yeah, you know, we, you know, so we some we get some students who like wonder why they they have to do the internship, and it's like, well, well, number one, it's a part of our accreditation, right? right. And that um, that uh, that 
that replication of that 40 hours um, is um, over a 10 week, week period, we feel like is invaluable um, and, um, and, and can be a stepping stone. It has been a stepping stone for so many, but um, you know, I think what you, what you just said is one of the reasons why when I talk to, to sport management students, I mean, I, I try to give them some realism along the lines of, you know, it, it is tough. And, and there is quite a bit of turnover in sport. Um, and, but we're going to talk about except the area that you're in, and we're going to talk about why that is here in a, in a few minutes. But, um, but so, so, um, after your, so after working with the Oakland A's and stadium op- operations, um, you dove into to that, uh, sports based youth development that you had, mm-hmm. um, you know, that you had gotten a taste for with junior giants and, and working for, um, the mini mermaid club running club. So mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about that experience and, and and what that was like um, uh, working there again in your hometown of Santa Cruz. Yeah, that was a that was a really good experience for me too. Um, I mean, I was kind of I hopped into that role, and it was kind of just um, you know taking a run with it. So I was able to put on five k races for um, over twenty five three thousand young girls, um, and you know it was more it was less focused on the physical, um, part of running, but more focused on the mental of, you know, I'm capable, I'm worthy. So it was really, that was a great experience for me too, as a young adult, um, and just kind of seeing the impact that you can have on, on young, you know, kids and young girls. Um, and that was a really good experience too, for me and just events, um, and managing events. Cause that's so much of my job now. Um, is the same in the events world. So I really enjoyed that. Nonprofit work is no joke um, for sure. I respect people (laughs) in the nonprofit world, um, but that was an incredible experience for me. Right. Yeah. There's another area where you might, um, you know, you, you, you give your heart and soul and, and you, you know, in, in a lot of nonprofits that are smaller, I mean, you're, you're the one, you're one of, however many that are making it work. And, um, you know, obviously along with, with a lot of volunteers, you have to recruit a lot of volunteers and that can be, that can be difficult. Um, but, but I'm curious, uh, I'm, I'm curious about the, the connections. Now, did you, um, the position with the Santa Cruz Warriors, your your first position Mm -hmm. in business operations, was that through a connection that you made, um, when you were with mini mermaid, how did that come about? Yeah, so I started while I was working for Mini Mermaids, I started um, just part time with the Warriors on a game day basis. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was really just helping out our the PR and uh, stats team during games, um, you know, making sure at every quarter break and timeout that both teams had updated stats, making sure um, that scouts in the building had updated stats throughout the game. So I started in a part time role and then it was just making those connections. Um, I ended up you know, becoming good friends with, um, our president, my now boss. Um, and so, you know, it was making those connections is great because they can help you, um, you know, and kind of form roles for you based on, on their needs. And so he, you know, understood and saw that I had a passion for, um, community work. And so he ultimately was able to form something for me, which is where I am now. 
Right. I, and, and I love that. I, um, we, we share, we share that, Alyssa. I, I had a couple of opportunities where, where it was a type thing where I just, I, I was doing volunteer work or I, I was doing part-time work and, and that is such a, a key, um, and I think a, a great, uh, a piece of advice to give to, to young professionals that, um, Hey, sometimes if you show yourself in a, in a position that, that maybe others might look at as like, not so great, like a part-time position or whatever position it may be. Um, if, when you show yourself, then the people in authority and, and you make those connections, then they, uh, sometimes they will go to bat for you. And, um, and that's great. I love, I just love that. Um, so let's talk about, let's talk about, um, that that arc um, with the the Santa Cruz Warriors that that you've had and and working with them and um you know we we remarked a few minutes ago that I can't believe it's been five years since you since you've been out but um you know so you're you're now the the public and community relations supervisor for um, the Santa Cruz Warriors and um, for those who are unaware of uh, of of how professional sports work. Um, is it now it's, it's the G league, right? It started out, it started out as the D league and now it's the G league, which stands for Gatorade, right? Yeah. Gatorade um, bought the rights to our league. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And so the Santa Cruz warriors are essentially um, the minor league or the farm system mm-hmm. for the golden state warriors. And in this time that we're in right now with the pandemic, I mean, we've seen um, you, you probably saw yesterday that Jordan, uh, Jordan bell, uh, played for the Warriors last night because the Warriors have like, um, or not the Warriors, um, the Wizards have right, like right. have like ten players out on on COVID protocols, and so Jordan Bell, who's formerly of the Warriors, played last night. Um, who is on the um, Wizards G League? But so you have that all of the time, and so the players that you are working with, they're still professional athletes, and you guys are still running a professional franchise. But ultimately, you're serving the 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 big club, right? Yeah. Um, and so it's a it's a challenging situation there, but um. I, I love, I, I just want to say before we get into all the things, I, I love seeing all of the the great work that you're doing in the community. You do a great job on LinkedIn of, of posting links to things and, and um, it, it just, uh, it, it's just, it warms my heart as, as someone who's really into community relations and, and giving back. I love that. I love that you're doing um, all of those things. So let's talk about that experience. Um, so. Uh, you know, I alluded to it a minute ago, um, great deal of turnover in sport, mm-hmm. um, professional sport in particular. And a lot of it is what you talked about is that, that not a regular schedule. And some people thrive on that, not a regular schedule. Others just, um, they think they want to get it. They think they want to be the people behind the scenes working the games. And then they, they have, there's a tendency to sometimes get disillusioned, but there's also a tendency that, um, because in professional sport in particular, you are, um, you are servicing clients, you are working with sponsors and there's, Mm -hmm. so there's a tendency to get hired away by those sponsors, um, as well. And so that's one of the other things that, that causes the turnover, but the one exception to that is community relations. And I, I, I teach my sport management students that all the time, you know, uh, those people that we worked with, with junior giants have been there for 20 years and they're not going anywhere. (laughs) 
yeah. <laughs> you know, and so, um, so can you talk about that? You know, that that love for what you do, what you do on a daily basis. Like, um, what 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 goes into being, um, the supervisor of public and community relations for the war Santa Cruz Wars? Yeah, um, I mean that's I 100% agree. There's so much turnover, you know, especially in ticket sales, but. Community relations, I think, is one of the more everyone wants to be there. It's the warm fuzzies, um, as we call it. But you're essentially serving your community and you're bridging the gap through basketball, which is just so special, you know, because for a lot of what I do is working in the schools and, you know, we bring our players and they read to the kids or they do math with the kids. Um, You know, they come and do clinics with elementary school students. So seeing the kids, you know, understand they're not getting it from their teacher, right? They're not getting it from their parents. But when our players come, these professional athletes, and when the words of reading is important, you know, be a lifelong learner, make sure you're getting 30 minutes of exercise, you know, every day, when they hear that from the players, it just, um, it hits them different. Mm -hmm. And I think it also, you know, the G League, essentially, like you said, it's a farm team, right? So we're, we're getting these guys ready for the NBA, but also in the um, not only on the athleticism side, but in the professional sense, right? That's right. We're setting them up to be um, the best humans that they can be too. Yeah. So it's really full circle and it's not just, you know, they're not just bettering their basketball game. They're really getting the full experience here. Um, and I would say some of that is because it is league mandated <laughs> that they do a certain amount of community events right. here, right. but that's the goal of the G League, right? Is to mold these guys into yeah. overall professionals. Yeah. And you know, that's such a, I obviously, in being a little bit older, I, I've seen the arc of professional sports and, and I know what it was, what it was like when I was a kid. And, and obviously I, I, del- I, I was, I mean, sports were sports were, you know, athletes were my heroes. Right. Um, but at the same time, it wasn't there, there wasn't this commitment to community, Mm -hmm. right. They were just held up as these figures, you know? And so to see that arc and to see how every team, right. Even in the, in obviously even in the G league has a community relations department that, that that's working to, to make those connections, I think is just so great. And, and to hear you say like what it means to be a professional and what it means to be a professional, um, athlete now is giving back to the community. And I love that. I mean, people don't realize a lot of these almost most athletes have foundations now that where they're, where they're trying to go out and, and, um, and so, yeah, I just love it. So let's talk about your day to day. Um, what you, what you do, um, obviously it's a little bit different now. And, and we talked a little bit about that with, with planning virtual events and whatnot, but, um, so can you talk a little bit, maybe a mix of what it's like in the reality with the pandemic and, and what it would, what it's was like before? Yeah. Sure. So um, I definitely split it up into uh, off season and and in season um, just because they are like totally different worlds, Um, you know, but when we're in season, it's essentially um, so much of my work is the um, educational programming. So our biggest 
our main sponsor is is Kaiser Permanente, and they are so um, involved in education. So we've developed, um, there were three programs, now there's four, um, a reading program called Read to Achieve, a math program called Math Warriors, and we have our Get Fit, which is our physical education program, and then we now have a program called C-Dub Classics, which is for the 55 and over population, um, and it's a monthly program where we do different activities, so a yoga class or stretching with our physical therapist, so there's all different um, sorts of, of activities there, um, but yeah, Kaiser allows us to do a lot of great work um, in the schools. Um, I believe we serve over 4,000 students every year through these programs. So a lot of my work during the season is with the schools. Um, I will say with the narrative um, in our country this past year in terms of social and racial justice, a lot of what I work on um, now has that lens. Mm -hmm. So I've worked um, this past off season really on a lot of programs that can help with that, that can combat racial and social justice. Um, So that's been really exciting um, because, I mean, I think it's something that's necessary. And I also think that our athletes have shown up and have Mm -hmm. shown their voices. um, And, and so has our organization. And so, um, it's been great to be able to do more in that space. Yeah. In such an amazing way, the NBA has, uh, really, really stepped up and, um, and it, it's, um, it's just, it's great to see. And I, I'm sure for, for someone like you, who's, who's working in, in community relations to be able to, um, to be able to make a difference, right. And, and, and to, to be able to plan things that can help make a difference, it has to be really gratifying. And I'll, I'll go back to what you said a few minutes ago, you know, when you were here at Cal Poly, we, we had the sport clinics with the, um, w- with the, with the youth, um, in, in, at Bishop's peak. And one of the things that I would say to you guys, is that I'd say, look, they, you're you're a college kid and as a college kid to them you might as well be lebron james right i mean (laughs) when you when you put on a cal poly mustang shirt and you go out and you do a sports clinic for them they look up to you and um and so i imagine i imagine you see that every day with with um because you know you and i standing out there in a cal poly gear you know i mean we're not like six, nine or six, eight, you know, with a, with a warrior's Jersey. Right. And so, and so that, that even for kids opens their eyes even bigger, like, Whoa. And so you, there's a tendency to listen even more. Mm -hmm. So I love what you, I love what you said about that and that impact. It can really make a difference in the lives of, of kids. And, and so it's, it's so great, but, um, so let's talk a little bit about the pandemic and how that has changed some things in terms of what you're doing. I know you, you're, experience in planning events that you got with the mini mermaid and mini mermaids and obviously through our program and mm-hmm. and management i imagine that comes in comes in handy right a lot of a lot of uh, yeah. a lot of balancing a lot of balancing a lot of different plates and now i guess you have to do it virtually right so right. so can you talk about that experience 
Yeah. So um, our season uh, this past season was cut short because of the pandemic. And and while the NBA was able to um, postpone and ultimately uh, keep their season going later in the summer, ours was canceled altogether. Um, So we really, from the get-go, just transferred everything, you know, how can we make this virtual and how can we still have engagement? So it was a lot of meeting, you know, working with the schools so much uh, throughout the years, I've been able to, um, you know, build those relationships. And so it was a lot of just meeting with schools individually, like, what do your students need right now? What do your teachers need? Really, how can we, we don't want to just add another thing just to add something for you, but essentially, what do you guys need? And so a lot of the biggest need for the schools was, you know, physical activity, um, PE programs. So then we're able to, you know, make a plan and work with our trainers, work with our strength coach of, you know, can we make little videos that the teachers can then use as part of their PE programming? So I think what this pandemic taught me in terms of of our programming and event planning is really to listen to your community. Um, Because sometimes I think, you know, we'll just do things to do things or how we think that they should, should be. But this pandemic, I mean, we've had to listen, what do they need? What do they want? And how can we help? So it's, it's been a crazy year to say the least. I think everyone um, understands that, but being able to transfer our programs virtual has, has been amazing. And we've, we've gotten really great feedback from it. Um, You know, making the programs, our reading programs, virtual, our math programs, virtual, um, and just understanding what the community could use at this time. Yeah. Well, you know what you said, that listening part, that, that is a a very big thing too, obviously. And, in racial and, and social justice, you know, we for so long um, have not listened, you know, and, and I, I think one of the things that um, for me as a, as a white person um, uh, of privilege, um, when, when the black, you know, when the, the George Floyd um, murder took place, I, I, um, and 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 all of the subsequent things that that followed, you know, it was one of those times, and and I've called it a reckoning, right? Where 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 we, I, I, where we as white people had to stop, and say, okay, what what do we not know, and what have we not been hearing, and and how have we not been listening, right? And um, and you know that 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 whole thing that that just just hearing someone say silence is complicit, you know, that, that, that's an enormous, that has an enormous impact, I think on those of us who want to be better and want to see a better world and and to see, see a more equitable world. And, um, and so, yeah, I think that's some just fabulous advice that, that, to, to, to listen, you know, I mean, (laughs) I, I, I laugh about that one example that we had here in, um, the central coast where, um, the, they build a teen center and they opened the teen center and no no teen showed up. (laughs) And then, then when they were doing after the fact, when they were trying to figure out what was going on, a light bulb went off and they go, Oh, we didn't ask the teens what they wanted. <laughs> you know, they put a pool table in and foosball and the kids were like, what, what is that? We don't, that's not what we want. 
<laughs> you know so uh so yeah that that listening part is is such a such a key element um so you know you were you were here at cal poly when we were you know sort of at the tail end of the um or, or at the tail end, what am I saying? The, the very beginning of, of our experience industry management um, uh, switch. And, and so I like, to, I like to engage with our alumni uh, uh, to, to talk about um, this, this transformation. You know, we, we saw it, the experience industry as an umbrella, mm-hmm. right? To be able to include sports and events and, and all of those things. But then it actually has become so much more than that because of um, realizing this shift with the experience economy and, and experience design. And ultimately, we're all trying to craft or, or co-create experiences, um, whether it be with our employees or with our with our customers or with our fans or with our community. And so, I wonder if you could just um, reflect on that a little bit. Do you do you feel like um, do you feel like an experienced designer? Do you does it resonate with you in terms of of this uh, this new new emphasis that we're placing on experiences? Any thoughts along those lines? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I 100% think my, not only my role, but the Warriors as a whole, I mean, we are providing experiences, right? Whether it's, it's game day for our fans or whether it's, you know, providing the experiences of bringing our players to schools or to events, um, even experiences for our players, right? We're kind of setting the tone for them. We've been known to be um, one of the more forward thinking G league teams. So we set that experience here Mm -hmm. um, for our players, you know, to make them want to come back and and to spread the word, you know, of how, of how our operations are run. And, and not only that, but internally with our staff, I run, um, we call it our helping hands program, but it's essentially um, once a month, we go volunteer in the community somewhere. And so, you know, during the pandemic, uh, things have changed. We've done a few virtual events where we're, write letters to um, seniors in, in senior communities, or um, we had a Helping Hands event for MLK Day last week where we went and beautified a, a local school. Um, but even in that case, you know, I'm we're still providing experiences to our employees. Yep. So I would say my whole job is, is based on experiences and, um, you know, ensuring that they're positive ones for our community. Yeah, for sure. And I, I just, I, you know, I, I I, I love the, I love the shift, you know, because, you know, I, I try to, I try to think about it on the, even like the base level in terms of like, like a department meeting, like, well, why are we having this department meeting and what experience are we getting out of it? And if it's the same thing every time, like that's going to decrease morale. Right. Right. And, and like, um, and so it's that, that's one of the things that I love that, that, that I think is, um, is that next level that we need to take it to in terms of reevaluating all of the experiences that we have on a, on a daily basis. And I think the workplace stuff that you see, um, coming out of some companies, I think is, I think is critically important along those lines. And, you know, I think back to my first experience with professional sports when I was working for the Carolina hurricanes and, um, you know, I was working in the box office and I, I'd, I'd get free tickets, but as a, as a graduate student, I couldn't go because the, the, because, you know, I was in my twenties and 
I had to drink beer when I was watching hockey. There was no other, there was no other. Yeah. That, that, that was a requisite. Right. And so the beer and the beers cost $12, you know, and, and that was way back when, right. Excuse me. Excuse me. Uh, so, you know, you think about those experiences like that and, um, that, that could have a negative, obviously could, that could have a negative impact on, mm-hmm. on, on people and their experience. So I, I love that. Um, I, I needed to ask you a question cause I was about to cough, but now I think I'm, <laughs> I think I'm past the cough. <laughs> so sorry about that. But, um, but anyway, I, I just want to thank you so much, Alyssa, for taking the time, uh, today to talk to us and to, to, uh, to pay it forward to the next generation, if you will. And, um, I hope you will continue to stay in touch and just want to, you know, continue to give you accolades for all the great work that you're doing there in Santa Cruz for the Warriors. And, um, and uh, you know, like I said, uh, when we talked at the beginning, you'll have to agree to come back when you're, uh, uh, you know, in, in 20 years or whatever and, uh, and give us an update on how things are going. And uh, just want to thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me and any excuse to come down to slow. I will be there. Yes, please do. Please do. You know, you know, you're, yes, you know, you're always welcome. And um, And you have my email, my work email. So if, um, you know, students ever want to set up uh, informational interviews, um, not only with myself, but uh, my colleagues, I'm happy to help set those up. Um, a lot of my colleagues are always willing, willing to speak. So, okay. I love that. I love that. And the students will, I am sure I uh, love that as well. So thank you so much. Uh, really appreciate it. And um, we'll see you again soon. Thank you. See ya.